Hey, this is Sayyam Bhutani and you're listening to Chai Time Data Science, a podcast for data science enthusiasts where I interview practitioners, researchers and calculators about their journey, experience and talk all things about data science. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Chai Time Data Science Show. In this episode, I interview my colleague Parul Pandey, data evangelist at H2O.ai, and we talk all about what her role as a data evangelist means and her work at H2O. I've been a fan of her blog posts, and I ask her all about her secrets to blogging on this episode, along with all of the amazing things that she's been contributing contributing to including meetups evangelizing or sharing amazing things on linkedin and twitter we discuss all about her journey into the field her advices to future aspirants and we talk about a very important theme that i i am i am guilty of not discussing as much on this episode i recognize that not a large number of my guests are women Parul is a great contributor to the women in data science community and we also discuss about that and how can others who recognize the community contribute towards it personally i've learned a lot from parul's work and i'm really excited to be sharing it with you i hope you enjoy the interview as much as i did without further ado with a quick reminder to the non native english speakers please remember to enable the subtitles on youtube the subtitles have been checked manually and re-uploaded to help your watching experience and with that here's my interview with parul pandey please enjoy the show Hi everyone I am really excited to be talking to my colleague and a great content creator from s2.ai today Parul thank you so much for joining me on the podcast Um it's an absolute pleasure to be on your podcast and thanks a lot for having me I I've learned a lot through your blog posts reading them or even pinging you every day <laughs> asking for advice so I'm really excited to be talking to you I want to start by talking about your background you I believe studied electrical engineering and after that you started working in the analytics uh, sector where did data science uh, did you always have a passion for data science I guess it wasn't called data science back in the day when did that come into the picture for you Yeah so so I'm an electrical engineer uh, and after uh, I completed my graduation uh, I started working for a power distribution company Okay. uh so that's called tata power and so these are one of those core electrical companies where you you actually put all your concepts of voltage current everything that uh so but i was not in that so i was in the analytics department where our work was actually to work on the data that was being collected okay and so that kind of is pretty similar to what people are doing today also and by yes as you said it was in called data science then so we were <laughs> analysts and we used to get this whole set of data and you know the study data and then you had to actually analyze and you know we had to kind of predict how much uh, the load will go in after two years or three years and like we've got to prepare it that way uh, so there should not be loading load shed offs 
and so because these departments so i was working for a public utility and they kind of come under uh, a lot of uh, scrutiny from the government because uh, you know it's directly it has a lot of ramifications so in summers your electricity shouldn't be going out and you have this constant pressure from the government also and if the elections are coming the scenario is really really bad so i got to actually work in a very realistic kind of an environment and so data was always a part of my life and it just has continued i'm not with that company but the lot of basics that i've learned there i'm just still using them you're already doing model prediction before it it was a common yeah. word it's just that the tools were different uh some of them were their own proprietary tools and some are paid tools so i guess only the tools have are different now skill set probably is actually the same and it's just that maybe i've learned even more things but a lot of people always ask me so you've switched from electrical to data science tell us also how much time it took six months one year and then i say see it's not that way so it's not that i it was always i was always connected to data so for me it's not something different but a lot of people think you know if i switch from electrical to data science so uh, just give us a window maybe 6 months is enough so that's a very weird question that i get asked in most of the time i think and like you said it's it's also a constant uh, process you evolve into this field it's, it's not a direct transition you yes. don't click a switch and you become a data scientist it it takes time it takes a lot of skills a lot of things to learn yeah a lot of hard work also and then constantly working on a problem you might not find the solution it wants and then you have to keep working you have to look out for solutions you might talk to people uh, search in forums so it's it's a complete process i think and only if you're ready to devote such a lot of time and energy and only then you should venture out in this field otherwise you should uh, not like it's not something that you do a degree or a course or a certification and you'll instantly you know in a like just like <laughs> just switching to a data science you don't become a doctor like you you don't yes, become a data it's scientist it's similar to everything you know you for becoming a doctor you require years and years of practice you just can't go and operate on a body so it's the same thing with this field also you ought to like maths so if you literally hate maths and stats and computers and coding so then i don't think it it's even worth for you to invest such a lot of energy into this okay now you you mentioned you are get asked all of these questions by the community were you always involved with the community since college when did that passion spark for you uh so i was very active in my school and college life a uh, very very active uh, i used to take part in a lot of we had a lot of clubs uh, technical clubs and all but that kind of actually vanished when i started my job because uh, i got so pulled in into it and then my it used to revolve around that and then as i told you uh, things were pretty different uh, what it is today so because of uh, the internet and everything and you have a lot of meetups concept that has come today it wasn't yeah. so that time uh there were no concept of meetups or clubs and things like that so even if i wanted to share my knowledge and all uh i know most of the people were on facebook that time and even before so today you see people actually make use of facebook also uh to actually tell this is there's this new meetup coming up and this is you know this is this material so that with there has been a lot of shift so but then also uh i actually got so much uh Uh, involved in my work life and was trying to maintain a balance so i was actually out of it but i always liked it 
so now when i got a chance i'm just making the full use of it okay and i think not to speak negatively but uh, the internet boom so to speak happened in india just recently when jio a service provider came along and cut down the yes. prices Before yes it was even though i just looked up meetup was founded in 2002 2002 it oh, wasn't that yeah. big so we so when we started um with the internet so we i'm from the generation that we started from the dial up connection and then you know this lower speed where you had data packs and stuff like that so today we've come into we were the downloading generation okay we used to download videos we used to download uh, terabytes of you know uh, like episodes of friends and all and today we've gone into a streaming nation we stream everything from songs to videos to like netflix and amazon prime so uh, we've seen that shift going and that has actually helped uh, in a lot of things so we can have we have access to online courses we can actually do them and so that's a very positive thing and if we use it in a very correct manner i think then uh, it is actually very helpful especially for people who are in college right now yeah and, and if the they don't get distracted for sure and the technology also helps you market it right like meetup yeah. if you join a group you'll, you'll see the meetups if you're in a region the meetup app will show you notifications and if you just put in your interest of data science and whatnot you can take the transition slowly over a few years by just going to the meetups and meeting people like you hopefully in hyderabad or if you do it in another city yes so I tell a lot of people, uh, so when they come for meetups, uh, one of the important takeaway from meetups should be networking. So yeah. you just cannot study everything in that one hour meetup or two hour meetup. Obviously, <laughs> you'll have to just go back and study. But what you can create is networks. You can create networks, you can build up a team and participate in hackathons and competitions. So that should be the emphasis of meetups and all. Go create your network because that really helps in such fields. Uh, unfortunately, some people, they think meetups are only meant, you know, like you should tell them everything and you should give them all materials and that is it. So that is not the main, maybe the, the idea of meetup is not, it's just meeting place where people with same ideas and ideologies, they come together. And then, so for me, it happened. I went to a meetup. I, uh, so we, I met some few other women. And then we founded Women MLDS Group. So for us, it was just that I did not know those people before that. And I met them in a meetup and then the thing started. We thought, let's just have a group. Let's just start. And that way it happened. So this is something that I always tell people. I think and uh, I, I, I have had Ines Montani on the show and that's literally how Spacey was created. They met at a, not even a networking event. They, uh, she and her co-founder met somewhere they talk to each other they really like their interests and it led to the creation of space and all other things that they are doing and if you not really go with the mindset that you actually want to achieve anything but if you go with an open mindset to a meetup i think i think that's one good approach any other things that you think are, are great when you're at a meetup what mindset should one go with yeah so firstly say firstly uh it should be like open to what people are going to uh, present and should not be very critical. You know, even if you know something <laughs> and you're in a meetup, so there's a person who's kind of, you know, presenting it. It's really hard. So public speaking is actually hard. Uh, and even if you are a very experienced person, you still have those butterflies. Okay. When you have to speak in front of people. True. So you should firstly encourage those people and that they've come out, they've taken time to prepare this material for you and they're actually speaking. 
And then you should always, you should be able to uh, give some feedback, some constructive feedback. Don't just try to tell the person, you know, like, uh, oh God, I just wasted my time coming here. That is for you to decide actually. And then you should also, your aim should be, so after attending a few meetups, you should also volunteer to actually give uh, presentations and all. Because these are great forums actually to develop your interpersonal skills and communication skills, which are also an essential part to become a data scientist. True. You know, you should be able to express what is your predictions, why, what was your hypothesis, hypothesis, why you're thinking this is going to be important, that is going to be important. So these are great. So you might not get the chance in your company. Uh, not always. Okay. And uh, you might not even get the chance when you're in your college or something. So make use of these platforms that have been made available and, and it's just free. People are just asking you to come and network and have pizzas and go. So just be open and just see what suits you. Now I see a lot of people, they make it a point to go to every meetup. So that is also not required. Just make sure how much you can take in. What is your interest? So maybe there's a person who's just a beginner and he's going to every deep learning meetup and every you know, high level meetup. So you should search for meetups which are uh, which suits him. Yep. Beginner's kind maybe. So that, then the real essence of all these, uh, you know, they can be actually kind of measured. Otherwise, it'll be just going for the sake of it and you're wasting your two or three hours on a weekend on that. I think, and that's one of the hacks around networking. Also, if you go and speak at an event, people will come to you by default if, if you want to just yes. meet people. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, people really respect, at least I respect people who go on the stage and speak, you know, because I know it requires a lot of courage and it takes a lot of time to get used to the fact that, you know, all the eyes are looking at you. So um, you should always go out and speak and try to speak and then just get out of this fear because a lot of people are very talented, but unfortunately they cannot just express themselves or when they go on the stage, they get nervous. Yeah. Uh, so this is what they should use. Go to the meetup, see how people speak and, and then maybe you can take some points. What are the good points and bad points and next time volunteer like, okay, uh, I like to present something on this. So not only that makes your concept clear, because I've seen a lot of answers. You have a lot of questions get answered when you're speaking over there, you know, then you just say, oh my God, I just answered and I had this doubt in my mind for so long. And then trying one try, then start with some few little conferences, then go to some national level conference. Then that way you should build your, maybe the path. And again, like, like you mentioned, going up uh, the, to the levels, even if you prepare for a local meetup, prepare as if you're speaking at the best conference, don't discriminate. And that, that's, that's the best way to go about learning, I, I, in my opinion. Yes. Uh, so you just have to uh, put in your proposal and, uh, and if it's good one and if they feel you are worth it, you'll get a chance. I see so many first time speakers are in some conferences and it's just great. And it's also great because this also gives a lot of freshness to the conference instead of seeing the same face again and again every year. Yeah. And uh, secondly, you mentioned that it's, it's also about being able to express these things and people feel like it's, it's only for the business facing roles. I don't think that's true. Even speaking of something internally, we have a lot of teams at S2 and even if someone is working on us, let's say a stack and another person still on yeah, the data, data science, science team, they, they, they don't usually speak the same language. They might be working on different frameworks and you need to be able to communicate that internally as well, not just to the yes. business people. You have to even 
explain certain things to your manager also sometimes yeah. uh, and this is a skill that is required in every phase of your life actually uh, you might require uh, when and then to so the different teams you have to convince different teams you have to sometimes ask for help from other teams you have to explain them your problem and what kind of help you want so all these things i think these are just the so data scientist and i think every role in industry today is dependent on a lot of other people you cannot work in silos today and for that express being able to express uh, things is it's very very i think vital very true now coming to another aspect where you spreading awareness about everything data how did the switch for evangelism start for you did again that have passion uh, trailing back to your earlier days how how was that how did that switch happen so yeah so i think that was pretty natural because since i was writing and uh, um, i was pretty active on linkedin also uh, so i actually did not think that i would go into a role i was like doing what i was doing you <laughs> know writing and everything uh, but then each two happened and i just felt that you know like that kind of role was just created for me so it just everything just fell in place because uh, i feel very nice when i tell people about the product about h2oi's product whether it's h2o3 or travel sai and i kind of act a bridge between my company and the people so so a lot of meetups which i conduct and when i tell them i tell these people how do you use it and so that is kind of whole idea so because uh, so for evangelists there's one very important thing that has to be there is the person should actually believe in the products yeah so it's like a lot of people they feel okay could you just uh, write about our product could you write about this product that doesn't happen actually you know you should believe in a product you should believe in the people for creating the product and this actually happened with h2o so with a lot of learning and i see how people work on things how people work on platforms and all the thought process and so now uh, when i went into the company and so everything happening so then i feel oh my god yes this is just the role for me and so now i kind of spread the spread the all the information about h2o's resources and products to people and try them to actually come and try them use them and get their feedbacks on them so it was pretty natural because in earlier i was writing about a whole lot of things on data science and now this is another thing that has added to that even though i still write on data science concepts also and this is additionally that i'm doing now and i i think this again traces back to your advice of you were actually passionate about the field you weren't looking to become a data scientist you weren't looking for this role you were just doing it out of passion and then you made the switch to h2 where you still continuing to do it so it's it's not that yeah. you were just seeking this role so it's like uh, so now it is like like you know a lot of people would say this is a cliche statement but it's just like if you if you love what you're doing that you will not have to work a thing <laughs> so it's happened with me uh, and i that is what i advise people also uh, i say whatever you do start with a lot of uh, passion and a lot of commitment and hard work also and then things will come to you so a lot of people they are they want uh, we want a job we want a job as a data scientist we want a job we want to get out of a current role <laughs> there's no mantra for it actually 
So yeah. you have to project yourself outside, you know, you have to get in touch with good people. You have to project yourself. What are, what are your strengths? You have to put forward because this is what happens. How would the person know somewhere that you exist? So, so that is, you have to do something special. You have to do. So if you like writing, do that. If you like making YouTube videos, you do that. Uh, strengthen your GitHub profile, participate in hackathons, Kaggle. I mean, all these things, they're all free. They're providing you data. So a lot of people ask me, we want a data set. Uh, where can we find data sets? Now, if you're not about CAG, have no, you're not there. Uh, I know where are you headed towards. So, so people, a lot of people are scared of taking part in competitions. On Kaggle, they say, uh, you know, we're not there. So I said, don't go for competitions then. Start, see your competition. You have the data, create some notebook. See what others are doing and see why they are doing this. So you have to actually decide what you want to do. Just becoming a data scientist that's not something so why people want to become data scientists because they want to get away from their existing role that they have been in that role for quite some time they just want to switch and they take my example they'll say she was an electrical engineer she took a break for two three years now she's in h2i so how did this happen so <laughs> then this is something very weird even i can't answer that uh, what people see is what is written on my linkedin profile but what i always say is to create content to write. It's not about, so an article may take some 10 minutes to write, but sometimes it's a work of 10 years behind that. And this starts from your uh, background, like your schools and your colleges and all these things. So I always tell them that whatever your strength is, there, uh, try adding on that. You know, if you've been working for 10 years in a company, try to use data science in that context. Try to use your experience don't just want to switch off and then trying for a fresher's job that would not get you anywhere yeah again it's it's about the people who and it's it since data science is booming people look at it but if you look at yes. any job it it is difficult it's not that easy you need yes. to learn a lot you need to learn the concepts you need to study everything it's not just data science you can't switch into literally any job in three months leave data science alone yes so if you want to become a doctor today i cannot become a doctor today and <laughs> it it is something similar to and the best part of data sciences is just the you know the art of like using data to come to conclusions and if you are in your existing data start finding some data sets and start seeing how you can apply so uh, how you can use that data to to bring out something good and data is everywhere today. So don't think that I have to go to some specific AI based company or a startup. Don't see that way. Start using data in your current company. Try talking to your management. See if there is some similar role there. Try switching into that role first. Uh, because domain experience, as we also know, so uh, driverless AI today is used by a lot of different um, companies. And we also know domain knowledge is so important in that. And these guys have domain knowledge. Like they've been working in this company for seven, eight years. So they should try to cash on it. Yeah. Now you, you described a lot of things and the title data evangelist now is more, even more confusing. I, I feel like for the audience, <laughs> uh, can, can you please make it a more uh, defined term? What does a day in your life look like? What tasks? Uh, yeah. I know they vary a lot internally. I know that, but what tasks do you work on uh, during a typical week? So the best part of being a data evangelist is you can decide your <laughs> entire uh, thing yourself. And it's just, you have to find ways how you can just make people aware of the product. If you are evangelizing the product and you can evangelize almost anything. 
Um, so I contribute. Uh, so the best part of working at HU is you can, uh, there's no limit to, if you want to work in different specific domains, you can do that. But if you want to learn something others, everybody's helpful and everybody's open to it. So uh, initially when I was writing, came to H2O, uh, I used to write on specific uh, related products and use cases, which I do today also. Data set and I run it through driverless and see how I use driverless AI for different aspects. So for instance, how you can use driverless AI for sentiment analysis or recommender systems. And then I convert them in blogs uh, so that, you know, it's there on the site for people to see. Uh, apart from that, you can do almost anything. For instance, I also contributed a recipe. Uh, so when we came with the custom recipe module. Um, so apart from that, uh, we also organize meetups and uh, where we people come and we give them a hands-on session, how to do that. Uh, I also write tutorials for uh, the specific use cases. So if there are companies or anybody who wants to use tribal SAI, so there are some great set of tutorials. So I also contribute to that. Apart from that also, uh, I can almost go into anything <laughs> if I want. Nobody says no. So uh, it's like you have to, for me, it's experiencing everything new that is here. And plus Kaggle also, you can do Kaggle yeah. also. Uh, so I think um, it's so much over there for you. You just have to manage your time. And and it's not something that it's fixed here. Uh, you could uh, do evangelism. You could also work on the product. You could work with the engineering team. You could work with the marketing team. So as evangelists, we kind of act as a bridge between uh, the product and the people yeah. and try to make it as accessible as possible. I think that's, that's also part of the makers going to make the maker culture, yeah. the maker philosophy. And it might not resonate with a lot of other people at other companies for sure. Because I guess most of people have this fixed roles and they kind of put like boundaries around you. Like if you are in this role, you cannot go to this role. But in H2, I think everybody is doing almost everything. And they also, uh, there's a marketing their product. They're working with the clients on the, on the engineering team. So it's kind of a great learning process here. And I can at least say that everyone around is just smart and very, very knowledgeable, best yeah. of the best, absolute best. Of, and so of it's a great opportunity for me to actually learn and grow and, you know, how people work. And that's also, so that is, uh, so I have my role, but this is kind of a bonus that I get. <laughs> <laughs> you get to, and I, I definitely resonate with that. You get to follow your passion, you get to learn and it's a job that you're doing surprisingly where you're doing both of these. So things. I wasn't actually, so uh, to be honest, I wasn't actually, so I was very happy. I was working uh, when I was working on my own. So I used to write for uh, some um, publications like uh, <clears throat> I used to write for KD Nuggets. I wrote for Data Camp also and some other international publications and I was pretty happy. But uh, when H2 happened, uh, it's just that their role just resonated with me. And uh, so I still feel maybe I wouldn't be working <laughs> if it wasn't for H2I because the kind of, so for a person like me who wants to write and explore things, you require some level of freedom. And otherwise those ideas, they don't come up. And if somebody tells me, write this way, you should include this also. And you know, you should include, I cannot write that way. 
I need yeah. that sense of freedom to actually express my ideas. And so for I have very few options to work for. And um, so H2 just like by chance, it's just, you know, it was this perfect thing that happened. And it's going to be like eight months now. And it's, it's, it's been a wonderful experience. I definitely resonate with your uh, experience there. And I've been a huge fan of your blogs. I'd, I'd be curious to know uh, what's the pipeline for you because it, it's like you said, it's a non-linear return. You spend a lot of time reading about something and people might look at a 350 word blog. Many people do that, but it, it might have taken a long time and the ability to condense it into a blog, not over market it and yet keep it readable enough is is a big challenge in itself. It is actually, you know, um, the fact that some of the people, they simply judge your work by just seeing those 350 words or 500, sometimes very disheartening. Uh, a lot of people, they approach you to do ghost writing. So initially when I was writing and I used to feel really bad, you know, like, uh, so people said, you know, what will pay you, but you have to write with our name. So I had such, obviously I did not do this, but the thing that makes me sad is, okay, I did not, I was in a, situation that maybe I just not didn't need that job but there are some very talented people who actually write for others and uh, so writers uh, should be given respect <laughs> and and I think uh, research oh my god research takes such a long time and then you have to also think that uh, what I'm presenting uh, should be a little new so uh, there are a lot of things to keep in mind. Uh, so initially, you always fe- feel more and more people should follow you because uh, that is kind of motivating. Uh, but then you also have to keep in mind that the thing that you produce, the write-up or something, should also have some value. So it shouldn't be some clickbait articles, you know, just to... So I see a lot of articles, they have these interesting headlines and when you read them, it's nothing. AI. And uh, <laughs> AI so <everywhere. laughs> it has to be a balance between them. You have to... Uh, and then you also have to see which are, what is your audience. So for me, I knew a lot of beginners were there who used to follow my blog and what they, so these people are, they get really confused when they see a lot lot of articles on internet and they just want one article, which can actually give them, you know, they don't have to go to a lot of articles because it takes time. So I saw them that, you know, they were coming again and again to my blog and reading them. So then I thought, because this is my target audience more helps me to also learn because I learn and then I write and then maybe other people also read it and they also learn and then they also start writing. So, and then yes, uh, claps and views matter, but then I don't go much into it because then you start losing, you know, because you start writing for others because what others like, and I always wanted to write what I want to write because that is why I started writing. So I don't go much into it because seeing if I'm getting a good, because any article, sometimes it happens that one article that goes viral is the one in which you put the least amount of effort. And in the one you thought this is going to be great, it didn't get such a good response. So I also left it just like you said, uh, because I take feedback from people, but then I try to put in what I feel will be good. Also, when when you are broadcasting to I know you're broadcasting to millions of people, but someone who's broadcasting to thousands, the feedback is, is very less. It's, it's literally yes. tens of hundreds of people that bother to write back to you, even though you, you could really use that feedback. Yeah, because it does happen. Uh, it's, it's all about the follows. It takes time for the followership to build up actually, but before that also you have to 
you have to take so what you think should be the best and what is the thing that you can put your expertise into because I, i used to get a lot of requests why don't you write on this why don't you write on this so i said i cannot write on this i don't have expertise why should i venture into something which i know i'm not confident about so you can so i used to suggest him what you should go and there's no need to reinvent the wheel if there are some good blog posts already there i used to point them to those people so i said you should go and read those uh, why should i do the same thing again and again and also i think not the right person to write on that topic but what i'm writing i am confident about it if you got questions about this you can ask me so i maintained that uh, you do get bricks and mats okay you get negative also but then that's a part and parcel of this job For so sure. but this has helped me to take criticism also uh, earlier initial during my initial months i used to really get very sad with the negative comments uh and used to keep thinking about them but then slowly and gradually i kind of you know started overcoming it if i felt this generally made some sense i would take it and otherwise there were people there's some people who are always negative and True. you can't help that so you can't that can't let that affect your psychology uh, so then kind of now i think so writing is actually also helped me uh, like become maybe a, a stronger person because uh otherwise i i was a very as a person is to take you know get anxious when people is to post comments and bad things and all uh now i think i started overcoming that awesome what does uh, i i know at so there's there's no direct uh, targets that you need to complete but let's say you get excited about a topic and you decide to write about it what, what does the pipeline uh, look like you how, how do you go about it so uh, so what i initially uh, usually do is uh, i'll be seeing some uh, so maybe in the slack channel i see there's a lot of uh, talk going about about this new release or this new uh, maybe recipe or thing so then i contact the person who's actually involved with it and then i say they'll be interested uh, to actually you know work i have kind of few meetings with them and then i make a plan and then i forward them we should write on this so there's this recommendation system recipe was coming up um and that was being done by rohan and so i just read it somewhere and then i contacted him i said will you be interested to work on this and he said yes definitely and so that way then we worked together and then we also uh, the article was sent to some other people also like srk and mark to give their feedback and then when we think okay this is the perfect and then we release it so that is what i do when i i find the sites and i feel that you know it'd be worth writing on it and then i approach that person or the team that's working on it awesome now there's another aspect to it also you put in a lot of effort how how to market your blogs to the audience how to make sure that it gets to the right audience and i i know the numbers aren't very important to you but it also needs to get across how do you not over market and yet uh, ensure that it get gets across so uh, this is the philosophy that i've always followed on linkedin so whenever i post so initially i used to use linkedin uh, to post uh, so whenever i used to write an article on medium then i used to post it on medium uh, on linkedin also but i always try to see this is this article and it deals with this i'd never write like this you know oh my god i'm bringing out a next my article my article so i always stayed away from that and uh, fortunately now i have such a following on linkedin uh, that i don't need to uh, over market that way because uh, now people they feel that what 
whatever I post, it, it does make sense. So gradually over such a long time, I have reached that. But initially, honestly, I used to just write my article. I used to write, look, uh, for instance, if it was on sentiment analysis, I would write, I've written an article on sentiment analysis and it deals with this. And then they used to read it themselves. So I never made a point to, you know, actually kind of, or go over the top with this, like, this is the only article and this is the best article that you should read. So I used to simply write, say, I've written this article and, and people did started going, uh, they used to read the article and hence my LinkedIn thing started uh, increasing when people said, okay, we read her article, we found it good. And, so, but yes, I never over market stuff because personally I don't like it. And yep. I also don't like the people who do it. Uh, because things should be left open to people and it is for them to actually decide if they feel that if you are writing something, whether it is worth it or not. And then maybe it takes time. So my LinkedIn followership has gone to that level that it does get few eyeballs, maybe decent enough. So that is something that I've achieved over the time. So now that is helping me. I think that also speaks to be a true authorship and the power of the internet. If, if you are really putting out good content, the internet rewards you exponentially, maybe yeah. with, with a little time. It does. It does actually. And then I also, so it was not that I only posted only my stuff. If I found some other blog post also good, I also go and post about post that stuff because I think it's about, you should like, uh, encourage other people also if they're writing good things and if people don't know about them, then it's good to let other people know. So it's not just only me and you know, I have to, I am the only one I should only write about myself. So that should not be the case. Uh, I mentioned about other blogs or some other cool stuff and there are people, uh, then they, they kind of, they say, so, you know, uh, thank you for doing that because uh, they're not, so, so most of them are not on LinkedIn also sometimes. Uh, so then they've joined LinkedIn and they say, so it's a good platform and you've like introduced us to this also, we've missing out on this audience. So then you feel very happy, you know, like you've also contributed somewhere in somebody other's journey because there have been a lot of people who've supported me also. So I really feel happy if I can actually do something for others also now. I'm sorry, I don't have a real award, but please accept a virtual time data science <laughs> award for your achievement. Uh, LinkedIn named you as one of the top voices on it. D did you expect it? Or do, do you have no. a acceptance speech? <laughs> no. So just like, like now you must have assessed from what I've been talking. Uh, everything just went. So I was just working, but I did, did put in a lot of hard work for everything that I did. I kind of reinvented myself from scratch. So, you know, uh, I had to actually uh, do something, even though I used to write, I never put out my work in public because I always felt who's going to read my work because there are already still great people who are writing, but I was wrong. And this is what I tell everybody that you should not think like that. And it just happened. And maybe I was posting people connected, people liked it and didn't noticed it. And it just came along the way. Uh, and then I got this mail from them, like, uh, so kind of we've chosen you. It was great. So it obviously see LinkedIn is an international platform and you really feel great when you are recognized by, by anybody, even if it's an Indian platform, international, even a local platform. So you feel, okay, so you, what you're doing, people are noticing it, but 
even if this one time happened, I would have still continued what I'm doing on LinkedIn. Yeah. I would have still shared stuff, same stuff. Yeah. So I saw a lot of people, uh, they wrote after the list came out that, you know, I did not get the top voice this time. So this means they were actually doing it for top voice only. Exactly. So they were posting. So then it just defeats the whole purpose. It's, it's, it's again, back, back to the topic that we were talking about, true passion and a, a recognition does maybe make you work even harder towards it, but uh, you, you don't really need it for being true to your passion. Like, like, like you just said. Yeah. Your self-motivation uh, and your motivation by people around you, I think is the best. Uh, it's, it's, I think enough. And that should be something enough for you to actually get working. And if you're really passionate about something, then you'll do it. You are sick, you'll do it. Uh, you'll get up in the morning, you'll do late at night. You don't require that, you know, you need that push to do it. You'll do it yourself. And I, I think the, my, like you are doing your interviews. <laughs> <laughs> my, my secret is chai. Just, just give me enough cups of chai. I, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. But I, I think it also speaks about uh, H2O's culture where everyone is very warm and very respectful of the work you're doing. And that, to an extent, they could just give you a thumbs up emoji and that, that's yes. it. But they, they maybe go ahead and really, really appreciate the work that you're doing. And I think that also is a factor that, that makes you work harder. A lot. I think uh, I still remember. And um, so when uh, so when I joined the company joined on 1st of July and when my mail went out, so SRK sent the mail. So like it's customary here, like everybody, so person sent us and uh, mail. We welcome a new team member by introducing them to the entire team. And uh, so I think that happened at about like 11 here Indian time and I slept after that. So I got up in the morning and I checked. Um, So my email wasn't set up by that time. And so in the morning when I set up everything, I saw people and there were so many people you know there's like uh, welcome to h2o and there were a few of them who'd written like we we follow on linkedin or we've read your blog and i felt so nice <laughs> i said so this is not even like my first day and uh, there are people who and they've written it so nicely and such nice welcome i really felt very happy maybe i haven't told this to anybody but that was a something you know that your first day and uh, even if I'm sitting here and the people are sitting all over the world and they took out time to actually write and welcome people, uh, that was something which I really, really found it, uh, I think, over the top, maybe. And, and then there have been such instances which have been happening. People yeah. are very encouraging. Uh, you write some, say no. I think it's a very great culture here. And uh, so yesterday, that's what I was saying. Uh, there have been a lot of things about how you make your culture very warm for people and your employees. And then I just said, like, you don't have to show it, you know, uh, it's kind of inherent. It's in the, the DNA of a company. Yep. So you just can't have a, a kind of uh, outdoor activity for your employees for one day. And then you say, <laughs> okay, you know, my company is boyfriendly. And then you, they get back to the team and you say, okay, come on, I want this work by tomorrow morning. So it's something that's inherent in a company. It's in that culture. So I think maker's culture. Yeah. Uh, and so then you don't need to do all these things. Uh, like, you know, God, we are, our, our company is taking us to this trip and this and that and that. 
even in your normal day to day work uh, such things uh, can be seen easily and i think it's pretty evident here in h2o.ai and i i think lingering on to that is to also lets you to go outside of your work to contribute to the community as to really recognizes that you you're a huge advocate of women in data science even though it's not related to our products at all so to speak but yes. h2o does recognize your efforts there uh, and I, i think it it definitely needs that recognition could you tell us more about your contributions there what roles are you working on for women in data science uh so uh, i always have been kind of an advocate uh for more participation of females my more emphasis is, is there should be more like participation because if the females are not going to participate i mean like their voices won't be heard and uh, so i was just looking of a way in which i could like contribute uh, but then there are a lot of uh, clubs here which are already established okay and they more or less uh, kind of they so they work they they like gender agnostic so they say that we are open to both the genders and we just cannot like kind of you know divide it on that basis but yeah. my idea was a little different and then i just saw that erin erin and i have a local chapter here and I, then i thought it's a great opportunity maybe i could start but then i thought maybe i'll be able to like take it along and uh, but i think uh, so when i read about women mlds and the kind of work these people were doing all over the world it just kind of resonated with me and then yes in october uh, we launched the chapter so i was the only person there when i launched it but then people started uh, adding and now we have this substantial group here and we've already organized three of our meetups and we just got to organize the next one on 29th okay yes in great we have only female speakers and we get speakers internationally also they connect to us and uh, it's trying to it's becoming a great event where people you know females when they come here not only they learn but we also encourage them to give presentations and learn things like salary negotiations and you know stuff like this apart from your normal uh, data science routine and maybe reskilling and stuff like that and we are also trying to partner with some government agencies so they're like uh, they've even Uh, provided us they'll be providing space for kids also so if there are women who want to come for meetups but they have kids home and so a lot of women they leave out on a lot of meetups and social events because there's nobody to take care of their kids so we're trying to kind of arrange things so we, they can also get the kids and the kids will be playing and they'll attend the meetups so we are uh, targeting in that direction it just not has to be only data science and ml it has to be kind of holistic uh approach and help in their development and networking and also data science and machine learning maybe they can uh, get together write some research do some research papers and then we also want to collaborate with other companies and we are working on it and i could only do this because i came here in h2o and i saw how erin was working so erin actually is the founder of two uh, groups so our ladies and uh, women mlds and she's doing a wonderful role and then women mlds paris chapter is oh my god um, it's it's so very active when they get to uh, work with such great people and uh, they organize uh, sprints for like cycle on sprints and all so we are also maybe we want to make directly in india with the most active chapter so so that's what are my plans for the future 
and like like you said it's uh, many people miss out on the fact that community efforts even though we do it for free you you need money and you need some some propeller behind it and i i think h2 at least as a company really recognizes that fact and i i believe that's also a huge contributor to it yeah so the first thing that when when i actually founded this group and i went on to the slack so the first thing that everybody told me was if you ever require any help so marketing team came to me they said if you require help with respect to the space or any other thing please feel free to tell us uh, we'll be more than happy to do that so that's the first thing so instead of telling oh my god this is not related to our work and all so <laughs> this is something that they told us just just tell us uh, if you require help and it was so so welcoming and so great and you actually feel that you know people really feel about uh, groups like women mlds and women's participation it's just not for only you know like some of the companies just to yeah. show <laughs> otherwise it doesn't actually happen um, and so that that is what so i want the females to be actually you know uh, they don't have to compromise on like their jobs and all if they're not happy with some job they just keep doing it you know for the sake of it they feel look we've got we have like 5 to 6 years in this company and it'll be difficult to switch so i want them they can reskill themselves and then maybe they could work from home also where you know they could balance everything so that is our whole purpose okay um, and uh, i know we we talked about this offline but uh, where are we missing uh, how can we help uh, towards this community i i know on my podcast and this is what we talked about i i have less than 1/6 women on the interview series and i i know it's 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 a drawback also something that i am conscious about but many people might not even be conscious but for those who want to make an effort uh, any any best advice is there um i think what we really missing out is kind of we have we don't have much role models uh female role models and it does make a difference because uh when we see uh so for me like as i told you constant up about erin and then ingrid ingrid is a chief marketing officer at h2o you look at this women and you know you really feel you know like you want to be or you could learn so much from them but in this field i think uh and that's partly because of the participation factor also so there was this kaggle survey that happened last year yeah and uh, there was this data and the sad part about the data was like for i think uh, it was just like 16% of females who participated in the survey now with that 16% data you can't actually you know the the data is itself biased yeah so we will have to be more participative we'll have to come out and uh, we don't have to so this is this happens in kaggle also even if you want to form teams you don't have many females there who are ready yep. to form teams and so this is this hurts for others who actually want to do something and that is why i think but a lot of groups have come out for this reason only that i think it is high time now uh, we have to start focusing on this and it's not something that it's females are going to get undue advantage of the thing it's just if you're trying to health and come in the mainstream and there may be great um, females who are actually but we don't know where they are so yeah. a lot of problem happens when we search for scout for speakers and we have such a hard time in finding female speakers and every time i'm the one who's actually speaking at every event in the city so we want more females come we want different ideas to come and this will start with things like maybe getting more role models 
into center stage and then maybe mentorship from them and learning from their journey how did they make it possible and how is it even possible for others to do it because i think um, getting married having kids is, should not deter anybody from following their dreams yeah and uh, also we have to look towards how the family will support them because a lot of support is also required from families uh, so it's kind of has to be collaborative effort and it definitely uh, it won't change in a day or two but with the things that are happening there might be at least even if there is a delta change i think that is worth it and maybe next kaggle survey we see some better uh, maybe data uh, if not 50 50 at least maybe uh, 70 30 hopefully i i know you wouldn't mention it but you created an awesome kernel kaggle kernel around it i'll have it in the show notes for the audience that wants to check it out please don't be lazy scroll down and find it in the show notes <laughs> oh Now, yeah uh, I, i think i was actually looking for data you know because just to uh, back my whatever i say i wanted data and then the kaggle thing came out and it was just at the right time that it came and the first thing that went to my mind was i have to just analyze the subgroup and i have to analyze how are the females faring so that i can actually present it so i converted it into a blog post also that people the situation right now and even though kaggle would not reflect the entire data science community but uh, it kind of gives an hint actually yeah now th- this has been a interview full of many many amazing uh, directions but if you were to give one best advice to someone who's just starting their journey what would that be uh so my advice would definitely be uh firstly think why you would want to become kind of data scientist because you could even become a software engineer you could there a lot of you could become a data engineer so first you have to decide so if you really if you really like going deep into data and you like collecting data and you really like you know coming out with like great ideas then it's good and then make sure you have a solid background and foundation mm-hmm. uh, i especially say stats and coding don't run away from coding and uh, coding is such an essential toolkit even even if you're not a data scientist i still feel because see the best part of computer science which i can easily say now so uh so i've been an electrical engineer and a lab used to consist of such big machines yep and uh, you had synchronous motors and this and that and <laughs> you know the whole infrastructure it could only be afforded by a school or a college yeah but for computer science your lab is your computer you can take that anywhere anybody can do it no age is required for that and i think uh you should really really focus on coding and you should because if you good at coding data science also becomes easier and a lot of things and you will also realize maybe you want to create apps and you want to do a lot of things unfortunately a lot of as way to get uh, it uh, without working on coding so this according to me it's not the right thought maybe uh, have a solid good and see coding is even uh, you have such a lot of resources you don't have to get enrolled into a program or something a lot of good camps out there and just make your coding really solid yep. and also do not uh, think you know just kind of diving into coding is very helpful in all walks of life i think and 
if you're going to uh, work on your coding stuff, this is going to be really helpful in your longer journey. Uh, so it's like, don't run away from coding. Don't run away from maths. Uh, they're going to help to cement uh, your position as a maybe data scientist. Awesome. Uh, before we end the call, uh, if you could just mention the platforms where we can follow you. These will be linked, of course, in the description. LinkedIn, uh, we can just look you up on LinkedIn. Parul Pandey, you should be able to find her. Any other platforms yeah. that you'd like to mention? So, uh, so LinkedIn and Medium. Uh, and I've been also working on Kaggle now. Maybe whatever little time I get from my schedule. Uh, because I think I did not mention here that... Uh, I kind of, uh, I have kind of divided my day into few parts. Uh, so I'm also working from H2I, then I do Kaggle also, and then I'm also a mother. And so I, my whole day is uh, kind of revolving around uh, so how do I manage all the three things. And uh, so I try to steal time from here and there to actually do what I like, and then also spend time with my kid and so this is something that I want to tell to every like women out there and even everybody who you know we don't get time. It's just about how you manage your time and how you avoid distractions from your life. And then everybody has those 24 hours and just to make the best use of it. So I, as a, as a full-time role, uh, as a mother, if I'm able to do certain things, I think anybody can do it if I could do it. So uh, that is what I tell everyone. It's just that try removing distractions. I am not on Facebook. I don't watch much of TV. Uh, in fact, null. And uh, and if I have to do, if I feel that you know I need a break, I go and work out or I go and take a walk. So this actually gives him a lot of time. I'm not on Instagram, not on Facebook. The only social media I'm on is Twitter and LinkedIn. And that also I use it up to a certain limit maybe. So yes, people can follow me on Twitter. They can follow me on LinkedIn, on Medium. And yes, and I think I'm pretty active on all those platforms. I've, I've always wondered how you do it. But thank you so much, Parul, for <laughs> all of your contributions to the data science community and, and women in data science. Uh, I should say the same to you also. Thanks for bringing out such wonderful people and, you know, to our uh, homes through your interviews and you just <laughs> get to not only we've seen their work on Kaggle and other platforms, but we then now we also get to know what kind of people they are. And, you know, and, and most importantly, what through your interviews, what I've learned is human beings, they put in a lot of hard work and they do with a lot of passion and they're really devoted to what they're doing. Otherwise, I think everybody's story is the same. I'm, I'm really grateful that people like you keep saying yes for the interviews. But thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to give it a review or feel free to shoot me a message. You can find all of the social media links in the description. If you like the show, please subscribe and tune in each week to Chai Time Data Science.